You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 52. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today is something a little bit special, something a little bit different that, that I'm doing on the podcast today. So about a month ago, I was asked to come up to a girls' camp for my church, and I was asked to talk to the girls. So these are girls between the ages of 12 and 17. And I was asked to talk about body positivity. The girls had gotten together and they had discussed um, what they wanted to hear about and what they felt was pertinent to the girls that were coming to learn about. And they come up came up with this topic of body positivity and they, they wanted someone to come and speak to them on it. So when I was asked to speak about it, I said, heck yes, this is my jam. This is what I love. I always come back to this place of wanting women to to feel awesome about where they currently are at and super excited about where they are going. And so I said, yes, heck yeah, I'll come and talk about body positivity to these girls. And so I did. I, I went up and I, I shared um, a, a lesson with them and we did some interaction and, and some activities. And the night before I was going to go up to girls camp and give this, this presentation, I had this thought that I should record it. Like, let's record this this conversation and this presentation. And if it's something that is ends up working, then I can share it on the podcast. It would be able to be a, a way to be able to share this experience, share this lesson that I gave with you guys on the podcast. And so that's what I did. I put on a lapel mic and I recorded the lesson. And so that's what I'm going to share today. So it's going to be a little bit different than maybe a normal podcast episode. This is a live class that I gave to about 50 young women. And um, you will notice that like this is not just me getting up and lecturing, but there's some back and forth and there's some girls cause some girls that are going to talk. And um, I hope that this is something that you like and that gets you thinking and that maybe if you are responsible or in charge of young women in your church or in your community, or you have your own young women, of having this be a resource to be able to maybe one, teach your own lessons or pull from this if you are giving lessons to young women, or if you want to listen to this with your you know, your youth and be able to have it open up that conversation of being able to have this open dialogue about body positivity with your children. I don't know. Let me know if this is something that is helpful and if something that you can find use with. But I thought that this was an experience that I probably shouldn't just do and then kind of forget about, but like actually use this information to hopefully be able to help you and help um, the girls in, in your life on on this journey with body positivity, because I do think it's something very, very timely. Now, before we hop into this lesson, I say it at the very, very end, um, but I want to say it here at the very beginning. A lot of the concepts that I took 
in this lesson, I took directly from Beauty Redefined. The Kite Sisters are two PhDs, um, women that have a company called Beauty Redefined. It's actually a not-for-profit. And they talk a lot about the topic of body positivity and about this fact that your body is an instrument, not an ornament. So I want to make it really clear that I took a lot of the topic and a lot of the way that I approach this topic from them. And I want to give them huge credit, huge props for that. They have a lot of awesome resources. If you're not following them on Instagram, definitely go follow them. Go to their website. They have some really great resources about body positivity, about how to teach it, about this approach um, of our body is is more than just something to be looked at. So I wanted to make that really clear before we dive into the episode. A lot of these things are not my own concepts and um, Beauty Redefined is an excellent, excellent resource. Now let's dive into the live class that I taught on body positivity. I'm excited to talk to you guys today because this is my jam. What I'm talking about today is what I talk a lot about. So I have a business called Biceps After Babies, and I work with a lot of women. Um, I have a social media profile and um, a business where I teach women how to love where they're at and be excited where they're going on their fitness journeys. And I talk a lot about the topic that we're going to talk about today, um, which is, I think, a very timely topic that you guys are experiencing probably in high school, in middle school, um, and even as you go to church and as you're experiencing life on social media, um, this is something that is, is going to hopefully help you to be able to deal with that a little bit better. So you each should have three little dots, three little stickers. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to start with, I want you to think about yourself Think about what you're good at. Think about maybe some of the things you're not so good at. Maybe some of the things that you don't love about yourself. Okay? And I want you to put a sticker on the part of your body that maybe that corresponds to. Now, that doesn't have to be like, I hate my legs. It can be. If you like feel self-conscious about it, you can put a sticker on your legs. But it also can be like, I'm not really good at running. And so you can put a sticker on your foot. Or, I have a hard time not saying my thought, thinking before I speak, and so you can put it on your mouth. So I want you, I'm going to give you a couple seconds here just to think of some things maybe that you're not good at, or that you don't like about yourself, and I want you to put a sticker on corresponding parts of your body. And this isn't, we're not going to share this with anybody, we're not going to ask you why you put it there, this is just for you. We're going to leave those stickers there for just a moment. We're going to read this book. It's one of my favorite books. And I want you to listen to the story because there's a lesson in here that's going to relate to what we're going to talk about and that relates to the reason that you have dots all over your body right now. The Wemmicks were small wooden people. All of the wooden people were carved by a woodmaker named Eli. His workshop sat on a hill overlooking their village. Each Wemmick was different. Some had big noses. Others had large eyes, some were tall, and others were short. Some wore hats, others wore coats. But all were made by the same carver, and all lived in the village. And all day, every day, the Wemmicks did the same thing. They gave each other stickers. Each Wemmick had a box of golden star stickers and a box of gray dot stickers. Up and down the streets all over the city, people spent their days sticking stars or dots onto one another. The pretty ones with smooth wood and fine paint always got stars. But if the wood was rough or the paint chipped, chipped, the Wemmicks gave dots. 
The talented ones got stars too. Some could lift big sticks high above their head <clears throat> or jump over tall boxes. Still others knew big words or they could sing pretty songs. Everyone gave them stars. Some Lemmicks had stars all over them. Every time they got a star, it made them feel so good. <clears throat> it made them want to do something else to get another star. Others, though, could do little, and they got dots. Punchinello was one of those. He tried to jump high like the others, but he always fell. And when he fell, the others would gather around and give him dots. Sometimes when he fell, his wood got scratched, so people would give him more dots. And then he would try to explain why he fell, and he would say something silly, and the Wemmicks would give him more dots. After a while, he had so many dots, he didn't want to go outside. He was afraid he would do something dumb, such as forget his hat or step in water, and then people would give him another dot. In fact, he had so many gray dots that some people would come up and just give him one for no reason at all. He deserves lots of dots, the wooden people would agree with one another. He's not a good wooden person. After a while, Punchinello believed them. I'm not a good Wemmick, he would say. A few times he went outside, he hung around with other Wemmicks who had dots. He felt better around them. One day he met a Wemmick who was unlike any that he'd ever met before. She had no dots or stars. She was just wooden. Her name was Lucia. It wasn't that people didn't try to give her stickers, it's just that the stickers didn't stick. Some of the Wemmicks admired Lucia for having no dots, so they would run up and they would give her a star, but it would just fall off. Others would look down on her for having no stars, so they would give her a dot, but it wouldn't stay either. But that's the way I want to be, thought Punchinello. I don't want anyone's marks. So he asked the stickerless Wemmick how she did it. It's easy, Lucia replied. Every day I go see Eli. Eli? Yes, Eli, the woodcarver. I sit in the workshop with him. Why? Why don't you go find out for yourself? Go up the hill, he's there. And with that, the Wemmick, who had no stickers, turned and skipped away. But will he want to see me, Punchinello cried out. Lucia didn't hear. So Punchinello went home. He sat near a window and watched the wooden people as they scurried about, giving each other stars and dots. It's just not right, he murmured to himself, and he decided to go see Eli. He walked up the narrow path to the top of the hill and stepped into the big shop. His wooden eyes widened at the size of everything. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on his tiptoes to see the top of the workbench. A hammer was as long as his arm. Punchinello swallowed hard. I'm not staying here, and he turned to leave. Then he heard his name. Punchinello? The voice was deep and strong. Punchinello stopped. Punchinello, how good to see you. Come, let me have a look at you. Punchinello turned slowly and looked at the large bearded craftsman. You, you know my name? The little one that asked. Of course I do, I made you. Eli stooped down and picked him up and set him on the bench. Hmm, the maker spoke thoughtfully as he looked at the gray dots. Looks like you've been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli, I really tried hard. Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other Wemmicks think. You don't? No, and you shouldn't either. Who are they to give you dots or stars? They're Wemmicks, just like you. What they think doesn't matter, Punchinello. All that matters is what I think. 
and I think you are pretty special. Punchinella laughed. Me? Special? Why? I can't walk fast. I can't jump. My paint is peeling. Why do I matter to you? Eli looked at Punchinello, put his hands on the, small wooden shoulder, on the small wooden shoulders, and spoke very slowly, because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. Punchinello had never had anyone look at him like this, much less his master, his maker. He didn't know what to say. Every day, I'd been, I've been hoping that you would come, Eli explained. I came because someone met, I, I met someone who had no marks, said Punchinello. I know. She told me about you. The maker spoke softly. Oh, so why did the stickers not stay on her? The maker spoke softly. Because she has decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if, you, if it matters to you. The more you trust my love, the less you care about their stickers. I'm not sure I understand. Eli smiled. You will, but it will take some time. You've got a lot of marks. For now, just come to see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. Eli lifted Punchinello off the bench and set him on the ground. Remember, Eli said as the Wemmick walked out the door, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, I think he really means it. And when he did, a dot fell to the ground. So I want you guys to think about that story, and I want you to think about the dots that you have on you right now. What were some of your takeaways from that story? So, that, so we're special, and Heavenly Father made us the way that we are. However we are, that's how he made us. Good, I love that. It shouldn't matter what other people think of you. What was the most important thing in that story? What, not what other people thought, but what who thought? What his maker thought, right? What, what Eli thought. To love yourself the way that you are. Awesome. Those are awesome takeaways. So one thing that I want you to consider in that story that I think is really interesting, um, I think a lot of times, um, so let me, let me say this. Did you notice that it wasn't only the dots that fell off? It was the stars as well. Okay? So it was not only the bad things that people said or the things that you did wrong or the things that you like, the failures that the person had that made that the dots, you know, those weren't the only ones that fell off. In addition, the stars fell off. And I think a lot of times we like to hear the stars, right? We like to hear the great things about us. We like to think of all the good things about ourselves. And we like to try and build ourselves up by saying, I'm good at this. I, I look awesome in this dress. And we like try to have all these labels that try to build ourselves up. But when we base our worth on what other people think and the praise that other people give us, and even the praise that we give ourselves, when we build ourselves up on that foundation, then what happens when someone doesn't like us? Or what happens when we don't get first place in the race? Or what happens when we have a bad body image day and we don't feel awesome in the clothes that we're wearing? If you allow other people and what they think and even what you think about yourself to build yourself up, it also can be used to tear you down. And so when we stop focusing on what you think or what your friends think or what social media thinks and instead we focus on what our maker thinks, we will always come back to this place that we are enough that we are special, that we are perfect just the way we are because Heavenly Father doesn't make mistakes, right? Can you imagine, as a mom, if, I, um, if I'm looking at 
my kid, and they draw this, this picture, right? They draw this picture, and then they're like, this is awful. I, I'm the worst drawer in the world. How come I'm like so awful? Mom, you like didn't give me enough art lessons, and they crumple it up and, and throw it away. How do I feel as a mom, right? Like, I made you, I made you, you are mine, and you are saying that you're not good enough at something. And that reflects on me, right? And the same way when you look at your body or when you look at the things that you do and you say, I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, I don't do, get enough good enough grades, I didn't win the race, who is that reflecting on? Your Heavenly Father. And guess what? He doesn't make mistakes. He's a perfect being and he doesn't make mistakes, okay? So I want to tell you a story. Um, when, so I have really bad eyesight. And when I say that I have bad eyesight, I like, I mean that I'm legally blind. Like, I cannot see without contacts. Um, and it's so bad that like my health insurance actually covers my contacts, not my vision insurance, because I legally like have to have glasses. Um, so my eyesight is really bad. And I've had really bad eyesight since I was in second grade is when I first got glasses. Um, my husband also has glasses. He got glasses when he was 18. So our children were, were never gonna were never gonna make it in life without getting glasses. It just was kind of an inevitable. So I have four kids, and my oldest two now have glasses. My son is the worst at cleaning his glasses. He's 10 years old. And he's the worst at cleaning his glasses. I will take his glasses and look at them, and they're specks, and they're smudge. And I'm like, Ethan, how the heck do you see out of these glasses? Like, <laughs> like I put them on, and all I see are, like, specks and smudges and, like, all of these things that looking through those eyeglasses. And so then I, then I clean them for him, and I, go, and I put it back on him, and he goes, oh, gosh. Like, I can see again. Like, the world looks so different, right? Without all those smudges and all those scratches. And I think a lot of times as we go through life, we have that exact same experience. That we are looking at our bodies or we're looking at the things we accomplish through this lens that has a lot of smudges on it, that has a lot of scratches on it. And we don't actually see things as they really are. Can you imagine my son putting on his glasses and looking up at the sky and saying, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. There's a whole bunch of black dots in the sky, right? And then you take it off and you clean the lens and you put it back on and you're like, oh, just kidding. The sky's not falling <laughs> because now I can actually see clearly. We do that a lot where we stand in front of the mirror and we look at ourselves and we are like, I hate my thighs. I'm too fat. Uh, I have too much acne, like all of these things. And I want you to consider that you're looking through this lens that is dirty. And there's a lot of things that cause that dirt. There's social media. There's what you think about yourself. There's what other people tell you. And you've come to believe that maybe it's true, that you're not good enough, that you suck at math, that you can't run. All these people have been telling you stuff. And I want you to consider that you're looking through glasses that are kind of smudged. And we need to clean those glasses so that you can actually see yourself the way that you really truly are, which is the way your Heavenly Father made you. So we're going to talk about some, some ways that we can clean your lenses today so that we can see ourselves a little bit clearer to how we actually are. So the first thing that I want to teach you, and I'm going to, I, need, I need a volunteer. Okay, what's your name? Valerie. Valerie. Okay, so Valerie, come up here. I have two objects, and I'm going to hand them to you individually, and I want you to tell the group, just describe them, okay? Kind of tell me 
what it is, what it does, what it feels like. Just describe it for everybody. Okay, it's a hammer, we label it. So you use it to build things, to break things. Is it heavy? Is it light? It's heavy. Okay, good. I have a second object for you. What is this object? It's an ornament. Now tell me about an, the ornament. Describe the ornament to the, everybody. It's yellow. Okay, it's light. You can put it on a Christmas tree. What's its purpose? Decoration. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Valerie. All right, so we have these two different things. And did you notice that when I handed the hammer to Valerie, she told me what it did, right? She said that it can use to break things, it can build, you can hammer, you can use it, okay? Um, did she tell me what it looked like? Did she say it's kind of rusty, <laughs> has this black handle, kind of has this weird curve right here? Did she tell me any of that? No, she told me what it did. And then when we went to the ornament, what did she tell me? She told me that it is yellow, its purpose is to hang on a Christmas tree, it's a decoration, it's supposed to look pretty, right? Do you see the contrasting difference between the two things? This is a tool or an instrument, right? It's used to do things. This is a decoration. What's its purpose in life? To look pretty. The whole purpose of an ornament is to look pretty. And what I want you guys to take away from today is that your body is an instrument, not an ornament. The purpose of your body is to do things and to make things happen, not just to sit there and look pretty. When we say that, my body is an instrument, not an ornament, what does it mean to you? That you have a purpose and that we do things. Yes, I love it. Um, how do you think that um, it changes things when you view your body in the terms of what you can do rather than what you look like? How does that change the paradigm for you? If you woke up in the morning and instead of putting on your clothes and looking at the mirror and critiquing everything that you didn't like about yourself, which is focused on what? What you look like. And instead, your focus was on how many pull-ups I can do, how fast I can run that race, how awesome it is that my brain works well enough that I can do math, how awesome it is that I have a heart that in 35 years hasn't ever stopped beating, right? These are all things that my body can do and is, has nothing to do with what my body looks like. And that's what I want to offer to you is that when we can shift that paradigm and we can shift those thoughts that it cleans that glass and allows us to see our bodies for what they can do and not what, just what they look like. Now, when I was asked to speak, I was asked to speak about body positivity. So the um, girls who set this up, that was something they felt was very important um, for you guys and very timely for you. If you are, you guys may or may not know much about the body positivity space. I'm on, I'm on social media, I'm on Instagram. Um, that's a big part of my business. And so I'm very familiar with the social media push of body positivity. And what a lot of body positivity um, accounts will tell you is the way for us to be more body positive is to show different body types. So in magazines, if we can, instead of just always showing a white, 
able-bodied, thin woman, if we can change that up and we can show more women of color and we can show more women who have different sized bodies and some who have larger bodies and some who have smaller bodies, if we can show that in our media and we can have women taking off their clothes and being proud of their bodies even no matter what weight they are, then that is body positivity. And what I'm going to offer to you is that body posit- that that doesn't solve the pro- problem of body positivity of just showing different bodies because what that does is it continues to reduce us to what our bodies look like. It tells us that all bodies are beautiful, but again, the emphasis is on what our bodies look like. And I want you to consider that you are more than your body. Okay? You aren't your body. Your body houses you but I am not my body, you are not your body, I'm Amber. I have likes and dislikes and people who love me and people who I love, and that's who I am, which has nothing to do with my body. And so I want you to consider that body positivity is about viewing yourself as more than a body, okay? So this is one of the things that we can do to kind of clean clean that lens off. Um, make it so that we're seeing ourselves a little bit clearer um, based on the fact that our body is an, orna- is an instrument, not an ornament. Um, okay, the second way that we can clean off our lens a little bit and see ourselves a little bit clearer is this idea, um, this concept of objectification. So when we take <clears throat> this, this is an object, right? We call this an object. And When we talk about an object, we talk about what it does, what it looks like, you know, its function, and we see it as just an object. Does does a hammer have thoughts and feelings and goals and aspirations and things that it wants to accomplish in its life? No, because it's an object, right? An object is just a thing. It's just like an inanimate object. So when we use this word objectifying, To be objectifying something, it means that we're reducing something to just an object, okay? This chair is just an object, right? This this table is just an object. This hammer is just an object. When we objectify bodies, it means we are seeing bodies as just an object. That means you're seeing me as just whatever my body looks like, and you're reducing me to an object. An object doesn't have feelings, it doesn't have thoughts, it doesn't have goals, it doesn't have aspirations. And so by objectifying people, we're starting to look at them as just objects and not actually as people and as humans. Now, objectification is something you may hear a lot about in the media. Um, It's something that's kind of a buzzword. Uh, Women especially tend to get objectified, meaning um, men, and in the media, they will... um, have women as just things to look at, right? Their bodies are just things to look at, um, which reduces them, when you're looking at a woman scantily clad in a magazine, most people aren't thinking, I wonder what kind of a mother she is. I wonder what kind of goals she has. I wonder what her feelings are. No, looking at her as an object. Now, the second step of objectification that's really important that we talk about, and this is where we kind of start to rope modesty in, is this idea of self-objectification. If objectification is me looking at somebody else and viewing them just as as an object, what do you guys think self 
objectification means. Bingo, she said seeing yourself as an object. Do we ever do that? Think about, think about your day, your life, your week. Do you guys ever feel like you do that? Have you ever walked into a room and the first thing that you're thinking of is, oh gosh, she can see my belly. Oh, I hate my arms, I wish she wasn't looking at my arms. Have you guys ever done that? Maybe not, maybe you haven't, but I think a lot of women have. Where we walk into a room or we're talking with somebody and the first thing we're thinking of is, oh my gosh, do I have something in my teeth? Oh my gosh, like I don't know if I have enough makeup on. Can she see that zit on my face? Right? We are, all of our focus is on ourself as, as something to look at. Right? Our thoughts are on this idea that people are looking at us and we have to think about that. We have to think about what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what their opinion is of us. What do you think that that does? How do you think that impacts you? If you're walking into a room, you're walking into a party, and all you're thinking about is how your legs look, and if your heels are too high, and if your dress is too short, how do you think that impacts what goes on at the party, or how you feel about the party, or your experience at the party? Uncomfortable. Are you able to think about the people around you? Are you able to think about, oh my gosh, there's that girl over there and I see she's sitting alone and I, I want to just go sit by her because I don't want her to feel alone? Like, is that your thought? No, because you're thinking about your body and you're thinking about people looking at you. That, my friends, is self-objectification. When you've reduced yourself to just a body. And one of the ways that we can combat that is through modesty. And so I really want you to consider that modesty has a lot more to do with how you feel than what other people think about you. Because when I walk in and my shorts are long enough and I'm not concerned about my belly hanging out when I put my hands up, I don't have to think about my body. I don't have to think about whether I feel comfortable or whether someone's going to like, you know, look at me and think, oh, her belly's too big or any of those things. Instead, I can get here and I can show up and I can be focused on you guys. I can be focused on giving you a good experience and speaking to you and connecting with you rather than me sitting up here in my head and just worrying that you guys are all judging me and you guys think I'm like not pretty enough to be up here or that my hair is out of place or whatever. Does that make sense? So that is the second thing I want you to consider is that this self-objectification is really, really damaging. Yes, it's damaging for you to look at someone else and view them as an object. It's almost more damaging for you to reduce yourself to an object, okay? You are not your body. You're so much more than that. Um, and we're not gonna talk a ton about modesty. I know you guys get it a lot, right? Like everyone wants to tell you, don't wear this, don't wear this, you gotta have sleeves, blah, 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 right? We always wanna talk about that. And I don't know, maybe this isn't a thing in your guys' girls' camp, but we had girls' camp in my stake a couple of weeks ago, and one of the like chants that I heard over and over is, modest is hottest, modest is hottest, modest is, do you guys do that? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this phrase, modest is hottest. Do we dress modestly in order to be hot? No, because what is that doing? That's reducing you to a body, right? The purpose of modesty has nothing to do with you looking hot. It's so much more than that, right? 
we just talked about all the things that like modesty actually does for me as a person. It allows me to focus on other people. It allows me to interact with others. It allows me to, pro to like provide the world my gifts rather than being all up here. So I think modest is hottest is a great, like it started out as a really good like tagline. It's like modesty is cool. Like we all want to be modest because that's the cool thing to do. So I think it has really good intentions. But I want you to consider that the purpose of modesty is not to be hotter. The purpose of modesty is to keep you from self-objectifying your body and to be able to go out into the world and do more and be more rather than just being up in your head about the way that you look. What we're gonna do right now is we're gonna take the last five minutes and we're going to have you take that piece of paper that I, that I gave you. I want you to write a letter to yourself. Okay, now, listen up. In this letter, I want you, this is a letter to yourself, so you, you write your name at the top. I want you to write to yourself about what your takeaways were from today. What are some things that you wanna make sure you remember? What are some things that you wanna make sure you apply? What, this idea that your body is an instrument, not an ornament, what does that mean to you? And here's what we're gonna do. On the envelope, I want you to write, I want you to address it to yourself. So write your name, write your address. Once you finish your letter, we're gonna put it in the envelope and, and seal it. I won't read these, and I'm gonna collect them. And I will surprise you and I'm gonna mail them someday, okay? It may be three months from now, it may be six months from now, it may be a year from now. But so you're gonna get this letter in a period of time and I want it to bring you back and remind you of some of the things that you've learned. So I'm gonna give you five minutes to write this letter to yourself that you will get back at a surprise date. Think about what your future self might need to remember from this day. As you go back to school and as you're interacting with people and as you try on new clothes, what, what do you wanna remember? about how you feel about yourself, about your body, your takeaways. The last thing that I wanna say as you guys are, are finishing up is that I didn't come up with a lot of these concepts and I have to give credit where credit is due. Um, Beauty Redefined is an amazing resource. They're actually two twin LDS women who have PhDs who have done a bunch of research in body image and body positivity. Um, this month, actually, in the New Era, I don't know how many of you guys get the New Era or read it, but this month's issue of the New Era is all on body positivity. Like, how timely is that, right? So, and, and um, the two uh, Kite sisters have an article in there about this topic. So, um, if you're looking for a good account to follow on Instagram, Beauty Redefined is their, is their Instagram. They have really, really good stuff. But I would really encourage you, if this is kind of something you're dealing with or struggling with, go read The New Era this month because there's a lot of really good content in there. And the last thing that I want to leave you guys with is this idea that you guys have limitless potential. There is so much inside of you to be able to do and be and produce in this world and I want you to go out and do it. And I want you to do it because you are more than a body. You are a person with goals and aspirations and ambitions. And I'm excited to see what you guys do with that. Thank you. 
I hope you enjoyed that. Something a little bit different than maybe a typical podcast episode, but let me know what you thought. Let me know how you're planning on using this. If if you're going to plan to teach a lesson or if you're going to have your daughter listen, I would love to hear how you're using this information. I just thought it was it was it was too good to just plan a lesson and and give it once and not have it reach a, a wider audience. So I hope that it was something that was really valuable to you. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.